We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is Jeff, joined by Chief and Brother Jared. This is episode number 40, and we are going to recap the 4x4x48 challenge and dive a little bit into our most recent trail adventure uh, with the Lake McMurtry and the Outlaw series. So I'm anxious to hear you guys' thoughts and how the training's going and let's hear how you feel looking into the Oklahoma City Marathon coming up, the Flower Moon 50 miler, and then into the summertime. So let's kick it off. Well, we didn't get to recap our 4x4x48 that we did out there at uh, Thunderbird again this year. And then we had another another visitor. I want to give him a shout out because he did come out and run the whole thing with us. And that was Drew Burns. He's in the Navy with me. And he came out and did the whole 4x4. And he is a giant of a man. And to be honest with you, he had never really ran distance before. And he came out and, and crushed it. He did a great job. Didn't complain. He's camped, showered out there in the campus pot, and just got up and it felt like he was one of the first ones up every time, warming up, and I'm just kind of struggling to get by half the time, you know, and he was out there <laughs> he looking forward to the next one. So him and then uh, Dennis came out and ran with us. Uh, John Skipper came out and visited us at Thunderbird. So I look forward to that every year. I, I, I think that it's a great venue to do that at, at State Park. It's very close, easy for people to come out, great running trails, different variety of stuff you could run on. And uh, we, we learned this year to run on the pavement at nighttime, uh, vice running on the dirt trails, uh, so we could <clears throat> not have to repeat John Skipper from last year from falling so much. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and I, we met some interesting people, some at four in the morning at the, uh, at the boat docks running around uh, Thunderbird. So uh, I thought it was a great, great uh, time that we had. Yeah, I'm always impressed. I mean, we had it last year with John, who came out and did the entire challenge with us, and um, and Drew this year. You know, guys that really don't have a lot of experience with like endurance events or um, distance running, and to come out and and do that full challenge and to do it well, um, I'm super impressed by. Like, and and I mean, I think I told Drew out there. It was maybe on that run that Dennis joined us. I don't have, um, you know, you've now brought two different people in two different years, Chief, and both of them have just crushed it. I don't have a lot of friends <laughs> in my life that I could talk into uh, doing the 4x4x48. And then the the number that I could actually get to stay out there and last the whole thing is even fewer than that. So, I mean, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's a Navy thing or what, but... I'm really impressed. And these are like big guys. Yeah. Like bigger, much bigger than I am. And just out there and crush it. Like 
without complaining. Where do you find these people? Thank you both guys for representing me well coming out. Because <laughs> you bring people out, you're like, man, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to crush it. But, you know, you don't want to bring someone that brings down the mood or whatever. And I just convinced John to do it last year. And, and luckily enough, he did a great job. And then Drew came to me this year and was like, hey, I want, uh, you guys doing it again? I was like, absolutely. Oh, I, I want to run it with you guys. I want to come out. I'm like, man, all right. You know, if you're motivated to come out, well, we'll definitely have you. And uh, the Navy's, it's not fair for me. I have a I have a revolving door of like 600 people constantly working with me, and there's always changeover. <laughs> so, you know, don't I don't hold it against uh, Jared and Jeff or anybody, but, uh, you know, the Navy definitely helps. I know I had asked you that question. Like, what do you think it is? Is it is it like so many people that I work with or do you think it has something inherently to do with the military and like grittiness or the challenge or the journey? Like, what do you, you know, do you always like to ask you guys these kind of questions, but what do you, what, why do you think that was like Navy guys last two years that have come out and did a good job and, you know, ran the whole thing? Do you think it's just happenstance that I know them or do you think it's something to do with the military and and wanting to do things like that? I mean, I got to think you surely have a bigger pool of um, the types of people who would be um, interested or willing to dive into something like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, there's there's certainly in my head a larger collection of just savage people in the military than there is, you know in law firms around Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, no, no offense to all you other lawyers out there, <laughs> but you know, I mean, uh, I would say as a general rule, we're pretty soft in the uh, legal world. So I'm not, uh, <laughs> that, so I, I think there's probably, you know, some aspect of it that is that. Um, and then I think, you know, the other thing about it, chief is, um, I'm sure there are, people who sort of gravitate toward you that are more like-minded, right? I mean, versus other people. So, you know, I mean, if you look at the people that are around me and kind of my inner circle, um, those are the ones that I would at least have a chance of talking into something like this. Um, and so I think you tend to like gravitate toward people who are interested in the same things you are. Um, and then, you know, you, you get influenced by them and the next thing you know, you're out camping at Thunderbird doing the four by four by 48. Yeah. I, I think, uh, your, your pool of potential applicants is a, a big advantage. Um, you know, we, we know from experience, the four by four by 48 is a mental challenge, almost more than physical. And when you get people who are not scared away by the initial thought of it, then you have potentially somebody who can join. Um, and I know for me, the mention of four miles every four hours for two days immediately scares away everybody. And so you, you have to be talking to an audience who can hear that and think, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Because once you get through that initial shock of wow, I can't believe that's even a thing, then potentially you have somebody who could accomplish that because now you're into a different mindset person. 
And I, I think that um, speaks a lot to maybe <laughs> I need to toughen up the people I'm talking to. <laughs> um, but they, you know, I've got a, a couple that are interested that have expressed interest right up until the time of, you know, pulling the trigger to make the decision. I think, you know, another year's worth of uh, mental in your head is enough to push those guys into trying. And so I think, I think the more times we do it, you know, we, we tremendously upgraded our approach this year by going a little bit later. Um, that, that helped with our later in the year, later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, That helped with our schedules that helped with our camping that helped with our ability to manage our clothing. Uh, that, that helped in so many ways that I think that also offers, um, people another option just as far as when we do it. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's an exciting challenge, but the two guys that you have brought to us are, are very impressive. Uh, See, I what Jeff, it's funny you say that when you talk about it, you know, people are like, whoa, I don't feel like when you tell people four miles every four hours for 48 hours, I don't feel like that sounds like as hard as it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, I feel like it seems, when you hear that, um, it seems more manageable than when you actually get into it um, and find out. And I, I mean, I say this, and I tell people this, dude, that thing is hard. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't enjoy it. It's uh, the the constant countdown of the clock is, is I think... Um, more than annoying it's it's almost overwhelming at times um it's a it's a hard thing to do and um and i don't feel like when you tell people what it is it sounds as bad as it really is in real life you know i mean i promise you and we warned drew like when you get to that second night the overnight runs and your alarm goes off you know two hours after you've gone to sleep um you'll reevaluate your life choices. Yeah. yeah. That was one of my next questions was, is it, is it that we're kind of crazy to think like, well, four by four by 48 doesn't sound all that bad. Or is it just that we've changed our perspective enough to like, this would be a normal part of the journey of wanting to do something like that. Cause I, I'm very, I'm in the same boat where you four by four by 48, when you really break it down, you're like physically it's pretty manageable. For I struggle is the mental part of the getting up in the middle of the night and making the runs. And I know people are like, well, I couldn't run the four miles that many times. And I know I've said it before, but you could walk four miles in an hour. We're really cutting about 22 minutes off by running it at best. And so um, I think the journey is more of the getting up, getting up, getting up, getting back to bed, getting up. It's the not being able to be comfortable not be able to get into a routine, the constant countdown of the clock. During the day on Saturday, like I, I actually enjoy that. Like we're out in the sun. Luckily, we've had great weather the last two years, but hanging out in the sun, just kind of chatting it up, doing whatever, it's really not all that bad. It's the night runs that are just, they get to me so much because I don't get up very well. And like you guys make me get up much better than I normally <laughs> do. And uh, yeah, that that's the challenging part of the journey and, and to speak to the, the military note, yeah, I do have a giant pool. And I also think there's a little bit of that warrior society in the military where 
people, lot, like not everybody, not everybody in the military could do that or, or want to do that. So I don't want to say like everybody in my squadron be like, yep, we're all doing it. But there is some people there that they join the military for that more warrior society feeling and journey and looking for something challenging. And, um, both of those guys were athletes. I think that helped too. There were previous athletes like Drew played football at, uh, in college and then he's gonna he's going to buds which i think is much crazier than the four by four by 48 and if you don't know buds it's it's the underwater demolition it's the basically boot camp for the navy seals getting into the journey and the application process physically for them he's going to go do that this year and he's going to crush it for sure but uh you know and both of those guys are always looking for a challenge and, and i think dennis would have definitely done it had he not had limitations with like his back and stuff and uh, coming out there, but just coming out there and getting a run in was cool too. And then uh, another four by four question. Now that we've done it, you guys, is, this is your third year doing it. My second year. What? Yeah. Do you have a lessons learned from this year that wouldn't apply from last year? I think the change in the month, the change like we did, like we yeah. did it just scheduling wise. We had to do it thirty days later than normal, which made it much more yeah. daylight savings time was a huge difference, huge difference from last year. That's true. Yeah, I think Goggins does it at the very beginning of March. Um, yeah. And the, and, but the weather here in Oklahoma at the very beginning of March is sort of suspect. Yeah, I mean, it, you yeah. don't really know what you're going to get at that point. I remember last year it was fairly cold. Um, and it was, it was cold enough that you had to bundle up a little bit to do the runs. Um, and then, you know, you get clothes that are wet and it's cold, they don't dry, and um, and it created a little bit of additional like difficulty that I think was avoidable, and this year was much better in that regard. Um, so I agree. I think the, the difference in the time of year that we did it this year is was better. Plus, it's just more fun to camp at that point. Oh, much more fun to camp. <clears throat> yeah. And getting up and it's 45 or 50 degrees is yeah. better than free on the border of freezing, you know. That's right. Yeah. Sticking to the pavement at night was a great decision. We had no falls this yep. year. Uh, that that's a probably just a safer way to go about it. Um, may, maybe not as you know challenging, but the mental challenge on a trail at four a.m. might actually be just dumb. Um, and so I I think that was a good change. Our our control of our effort level in the first half of the 48 miles, I think allowed us to crush the last half of the 48 miles. And I know personally the last three runs, midnight, 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. were much more successful for me this year. Yeah, And I think that was because of the control uh, that we did the first half. And I also would not advise trying to make up four miles, <laughs> which is what I did on Saturday afternoon. It ended up being a great decision to get that done, but um, I, I wouldn't advise that. I, and I'm glad you did because I was like, <laughs> man, we're going to have to hang out here and like see Jeff's last run through if he doesn't. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff had to join on the second start. He started on our second run, but... Anybody that doesn't say running on that pavement is challenging at night. The only person I would listen to is a person next to me that's running into the woods. <laughs> the only person that I would listen to that said that wasn't challenging because that's just as much challenging as those woods were challenging. 
But I, last year I dealt with the woods was like kind of a debt perception issue as you were getting tired. Like I, my eyes couldn't adjust fast enough to like look at the ground, look at roots, look up, dodge a tree, look down. And, and that became quite a bit of an issue. But I think we would, uh, it would be a fault of ours not to share the story of running into the old man down to the <laughs> marina. Yeah. So it's four in the morning and we decided to run down uh, all over Thunderbird on these pavement roads, obviously not expecting to see anyone. And we were running down a hill and there's four of us. We're all side by side. And there's like a green light. All headlamps on. All, all headlamps, headlamps on. on. Yeah, all headlamps. And uh, there's a green head. There's a green light there at the bottom. And it, we, I kind of thought it was a navigational light or maybe a, a light just declaring it was shoreline or something. And we're like running right at the green light, kind of directing that way. And right towards the end. The, the, the thing is not moving, though. No. When we're running at it, it is still. <laughs> it is. It, I, I thought it was a light on some kind of pole or something. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Because it was not moving. No, it didn't move an inch until we got like right up on it. Then it moved. And it turns out it was an old man down there trying to get his fishing tackle out to go fishing <laughs> on the shoreline. And the, and the Jared says, good morning. And he's like, oh, man, I sure am glad you guys are friendly. <laughs> he says, I watch a lot of alien stuff. And I thought that was my time. And, uh, but I've tried to picture it from his, his vantage point of... Holy crap. Oh. Four headlamps running down a hill. Like the chances we're friendly is about one out of ten. <laughs> yeah. One out of ten chance that we're friendly. Four people randomly running together yeah. at four in the morning at Thunderbird. Like I felt so bad for that, that he old guy. Was absolutely frozen in fear. <laughs> yes. When when, I, when that headlamp when that thing moved and I realized that was a light on a guy's head. I was like, oh my gosh, because I, I bet we were running at it for 30 seconds. Yeah. Right? I mean, it yeah. was not, I mean, it was a while. We were running down a road into a parking lot and running at that light because I was, I, you that, know, that was the thing. end. That's the end of the parking lot. Yeah. It's not the main marina. No. It's kind of off on the side. I'm he sure that guy was terrified. Frozen yeah. in fear. <laughs> we probably got closer to being shot than we realized. <laughs> Oh, I just wild. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to share that story because I thought that was absolutely that's a great story, Chief. I want to go back to uh, the question you asked just a little bit ago. Uh, you know, we were talking about the four by four by forty eight, and you know, does it sound difficult? Does it not? Maybe depending on who you're talking to. Um, for for me, Jared, we we talk about you know why why would we do this year after year? Because, you know, in the grand scheme of training for what we're doing endurance wise, is it a benefit or not? And in my mind, especially after having done it a few times, the benefit lies in the mental struggle to get through it. Because I think you learn, hey, if I decide I want to do this, I can do this. And the accomplishment on the other side of God, you know, that was definitely harder than I thought it was going to be. But now I'm looking back on it because I've already done it. And if I can get up every four hours and run in the middle of the night and do this for two days, then now I've opened up my mental capacity to what I can take on as a challenge. And so I think, you know, I, I thought about that kind of a couple of days after we finished, like, why, why am I doing this? Somebody asked me, are you going to do it again? And my answer was immediately, well, of course. And 
it was like the, the question on their face of why, why are you doing this? And I, I thought, because I, because I can, and because I think the benefit to me saying I can do that is helpful in so many other avenues. And so I, I like, I like the ability to challenge in a different way. And I think that's where the, the difference of who can do it and who wants to do it, because these guys coming out to join us that so far physically, they look like they can do whatever they want to. And so they're joining and crushing a mental challenge with the physical part of it. And I, I think the benefit lies in the mental aspect as much as the physical. And a lot of people have asked, why, why do you do that? Why, why would this be something that you would want to do? I think you're borderline crazy to even think about wanting to do that. But I think it's important to do at least one difficult thing a year. One thing that's outside your comfort zone of your normal world. Because you need, I think it resets your perspective on what's difficult and what really isn't difficult. And it kind of takes us back to who we are as human beings and where we've come from over the years and the journey of how we've gotten to where we're at today, just the journey of civilization. Um, I just, I think this is the closest thing that we can do to doing something challenging to kind of reset the, reset the brain, reset, reset the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think those things are, are all very important. We talk all the time about um, that. That was my failure at Leadville last year. Self-imposed restrictions. It's so hard to break through those. And the more times you push that envelope, I think the more potential you have to break your own barriers. Yeah, I think so. But lessons learned. I think the diet, I, I really toned my diet down this year. I learned from Leadville last year, like trying to create a buffet doesn't really work. <laughs> Just stick to ramen. And the the girls brought food out. That was super helpful too. And uh, I just making it super simple, I thought was probably the easiest thing that we could have done. And it, I thought it worked out pretty well this year for us. Yeah, I did too. I ate a lot of ramen. Yeah, and it tastes. It always tastes so good. I know why. I, mean, I don't know, but in the middle of the <laughs> night, particularly, it's uh, sitting around a fire in the middle of the night. You know, putting in quite a few miles. Ramen is just like I'm not sure there's anything that could be better. No, in really thin Oreos. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that is, I, I don't know that. It's almost now a requirement, I think, that Beth do something food-wise that's just a little bit off. You know, it's just like it's just like the you just barely missed the mark. And uh, so this year, I, so last year, Beth came out. Where were we when were we at four by four or forty eight? It was last year's. Yeah. Okay, so she came out and said she had brought Oreos, and I thought great. Right. I mean, who doesn't love Oreos? And uh, it, it turns out she didn't bring Oreos. She brought like the creams or something that were it was, it was all the, it was all these Oreos. <laughs> it was all these version of Oreos. So, you know, and I and so I gave her a hard time, obviously, which was completely warranted. Um, <laughs> and so this year she was very excited that she actually had brought real Oreos. They're the Oreo brand. 
<laughs> it, it turns out she brought the thin Oreos, which, <laughs> which is like the Girl Scout cookie thin mint. Which just have you can make like a, an argument that those are not Oreos. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even though those, they say yeah. they are. So anyway, just just you know, just barely missed it. Stick to the basics. Just Stick barely basics. missed it. <laughs> it um, so yeah, any more lessons learned you guys had for four by four? I th- we had some, you know, we this year we would do questions. Um, we would ask questions oh, during yeah. the runs to kind of have a conversation. I thought that was helpful, um, you know, to help pass the time a little bit and you get to know your fellow, fellow runner a little bit better. You create know? some controversy <laughs> on like you know favorite movies and music and uh, so yeah. I thought um, if if you guys if if people are out there thinking about doing something like this where you're going to spend a lot of time out there. Um, it wouldn't hurt to think about some questions and, uh, topics to bring up because I, I thought some of those were pretty helpful. Yeah. Cause we're like, we favorite breakfast cereal, your favorite movie, uh, tithing top three favorite bar song. What was song that you would walk out to if you're an MMA fighter? Like yeah. It was just literally ran, and it, it sparks up controversy and debate. And next thing you know, that four miles is gone. Um, if you could guess Jeff's favorite movie, I would. I'd give you a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no way you would ever get it right. I promise. Uh, yeah, you get to know your fellow podcaster a little bit better on those runs. You know. <laughs> And then uh, what? So and then we did last weekend. So we did the four by four, and then last weekend we went to Stillwater and did the Outlaw series. We one of their races, and it was a Lake McMurtry fifty k. And uh, I thought I thought that went really well. It's the oldest trail run in Oklahoma. Uh, we all three did the fifty k, and they do have a hundred k option. And looking at those hundred kers, I'm really glad I did the fifty k because that. That course was more difficult than I expected. I didn't give it as much credit as I was going to, just because we had ran Draper, we'd ran Thunderbird, <clears throat> and I was like, it couldn't be much more different than that. I had ran out there previously, but that was a really technical run. That whole back half on the east side of the lake, especially on the other side of the dam, really had, a, it was a mountain bike trail. It was not a running trail. And you really had to pay attention to where you're running, where you're stepping, my ankle joints hurt so bad because of just never being able to find a stable foot. Um, but overall, the setting was really nice. I thought where where we were and like the lake, it was really pretty. And surprising enough, being able to not have to do loop after loop after loop was really appreciative too because I couldn't think that you'd be able to get 31 miles out of that area. But they sure did. They found 31 miles there. And, uh, but... And it's challenging, too, because they couldn't have a lot of manned stations because it's pretty remote. A lot of the areas where we were at was, was I don't think, was all that easily accessible. So you're kind of on your own a lot of the race, too, filling your own bottles, which created a different challenge. And I really appreciate my my crew more now, <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a different race for me. It was It was definitely different than anything I've ran so far. Yeah, we had we had wonderful weather too, like just absolute perfect running weather until you got on the dam for a mile and a half. It was a little windy coming back. Um, I I really enjoyed the trail, the out and back for me where you're not looping. I like. Um, 
And then I, I kind of enjoyed the remoteness because it seemed like the other people out there were other runners. And I, I liked that. Um, I, I did not know there were that many trails at that lake either. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I enjoy trails, but I, I don't really enjoy like old trails where the, the middle part is the deepest part and it's, it's wonky on your feet and stuff like that. Mountain, drives me. Mountain, mountain bikes, you know, you get a trail yeah. that's basically a little bit wider than a mountain bike tire. Yeah. That, it's that drives rough. me bonkers. Me too. Um, but it, it was like on the dam. That yeah. was so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that part is tough. Honestly, it's another challenge because it starts getting in your mind. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was a great turnout. That was my first Outlaw Series uh, run, so I'm looking forward to the next one in a month. But uh, I enjoyed the area. It's just far enough away to feels like I'm driving to a race when I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I I would do that race again. Um, maybe the 25K, right? <laughs> feels, feels right about now. Um, I, I enjoyed the race a lot. Chief Jeff, I'm disappointed you didn't get to hang afterwards because Chief and I just sat in a lawn chair and <laughs> um, hung out and drank some beers and and uh, and Christy came over and Matt and um, and they had another Ian was running with them too and um, and so we got to we got to see some of them finish um, and and drank some beers with them and had a pretty good time really um, it was a that's the the trail running scene is just so much better than every other <laughs> running is. scene. I mean, isn't it? It I is. Mean, it's just like, it makes me, and I don't even run that many trails. I run mostly roads um, just because, you know, there's not a ton of trails accessible all the time, but I much more identify with the trail running scene <laughs> than I do like the road runners. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're over there stretching, eating watermelon and oranges and <laughs> having a protein shake. And like trail runners, we just set a chair right at the finish line and you just drink beer until everybody finishes, you yeah. know? And, and that was one cool thing about Outlaw. That was the first race I'd ever been to where there was actually a beer cooler. There was like, I don't, I can't think of any other race where they had beer at the finish line. And whether that was unlimited or not, I'm not sure, but we treated it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Was it, were we supposed to have like a drink ticket or something? Cause we just, I was yeah. being appropriate. I thought as long as I only grabbed two at a time, you're good. It was appropriate. Yeah. They were serving up barbecue and uh, beer after. Yeah. And they had a whole table of liquor. We're making mixed drinks for people. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. It was, uh, if you went into where the barbecue is right behind them, uh, when I finished, there was like all the liquor on the table and I had just finished. I walked around the corner and I was like, there's like a couple like the race people stayed in there. I was like, "What's it take for a guy to get a shot of, one, of that moonshine?" He's like, "Well, as much as you taking a cup and filling it all the way up." I was like, <laughs> "Well, okay, here we go." You know. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool about the Outlaw series. Yeah. It was like what you're talking about trail running community of I don't know a little bit of like a rebelish feel to it. Or yeah, more of it a really community does. feel. It's yeah. more of like just all coming together and having a reason to run that day. Mm-hmm. They they nailed that part of of that community that For vibe sure. that that into the race vibe and and by the way the manned aid stations were fantastic the, absolutely the yes. people working them Incredible. were great they were obviously runners um, and they were they were awesome I would have 
enjoyed some more manned aid stations or or having run by those more often um, because the unmanned aid stations, um, now that I know what to expect, I think I would be a little bit more prepared. Um, like, for example, I would have brought a few things that I would like to eat out there. Um, I kind of expected there to be more. Um, but, you know, you would run up to these unmanned aid stations and it would be... the. To their credit, the water in Gatorade was cold the entire race. Yes. Um, I never got to a cooler that didn't have drink in it, and I never got to a cooler that was not cold when I got it. And so, and that's usually not the case. You're usually drinking warm Gatorade by the, you know, afternoon. And so I was really happy with that. Um, but you would open up these like packing tubs to find, <laughs> you know, whatever surprise nutrition might be in there. And I will say the choices weren't great. No. Potluck. It was, at one point I (laughs) ate a strawberry Nutri-Grain bar and, um, and I think that thing had been in there for a while because I could hardly choke it down. (laughs) I was shaking runners down for their snacks. (laughs) Luckily, uh, one of Blake's buddies gave me a cliff bar, but, and you know, I'll take ownership on, yeah, I didn't show up with all my nutrition, but it was so remote that there really wasn't an option to have a crew anyway really to provide you much you can only carry so much anyway and it's hard because you never know what everybody wants to eat you know i the probably the one thing that i was hoping that they had that they didn't and i kind of realized that they kind of did towards the end was i was looking forward to like a, a jug of tailwind or some like that hammer perpetuum something i could just fill a bottle and it was calories and liquid and that was simple and that's kind of what i was looking for and i noticed at the end they had those hammer fizzes but i didn't know if those were like a caloric or it was just kind of electrolyte drink or what it was. But I was a little nervous with just Gatorade and water because I had never really ran that far on just Gatorade and water. And uh, it wasn't too bad. Towards the end, I got a little tight. and I knew I was getting low on, on salt. My legs were, I was like, man, I'm one good trip away from cramping this whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, luckily survived through it. But yeah, you know, it, it that's, that's probably the, what do you think would be the hardest part of the race? I think would be like trying to nail the food, trying to like unmanned stations like that. That's yeah. hard. You know what I mean? I think that would probably be the hardest part. I think we'll be better at it now that we know, you know what to expect. I just, I literally, I woke up the morning of the race, drove up there, had nothing. I, I filled my bottles at the start line with their Gatorade and water. So I was admittedly, not prepared. Um, <laughs> and I just, you know, I had read the email and it looked like, shoot, there's eight stations all over this thing. So I'm good to go. Well, that was a little foolish on my part. So I'll, I'll do, I'll do better next year. Throw in, you know, a couple cliff bars or something. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a sandwich in my pack or something, um, to get some real food in between the mandate stations. Cause there was, I, I think it was, there was one at like mile eight and you didn't hit one again until like mile 22. And, uh, that's yeah. a pretty long time and distance on trails. Um, so yeah, I'll be better prepared next time. That was my only, I don't, I don't know that I would call it a criticism, but that was my only thing that I didn't think was just a, a you know, home run for that race. In that last manned aid station, they had beer there. If you wanted a beer. I, they did, yeah. yeah. And they had the uh, they had the peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, they did, right? 
I wish I man, none of that sounds appetizing at the time. Oh. I'm just like, how much longer? They're like, yeah, I got like four more miles. I'm I was perfect. still far enough away from yeah. the finish line that I was not going to take the chance of like having a drink of anything that was not sports drink. Yeah, I was I did, feeling pretty did, miserable at that point. I did um, a cold Coke at that aid station. And it, it worked really well. You know what? I did too. Now that you mentioned that, Jeff, I remember. And 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 it was one of the runners was like, "You want a Coke?" Yeah. It, you, that aid station. The people working that aid station seemed very much like, um, "I just did this earlier today. You want this? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?" Like they yeah. were they were offering up suggestions that were like, "Yes, I was thinking that." The first time we hit it, I had pancakes and bacon. Yeah, I had pickles. I didn't even recognize the pancakes. Remember that conversation? Yeah. So yeah, somebody said they had made him a uh, pan, a waffle, a banana waffle, banana or waffle. Something, Someone right? hit me with a banana waffle at mile twenty two. <laughs> they were like, "You want a waffle?" I was like, "Sure." And they hand me this like hot banana nut waffle. So I think at that aid station, that's when I had the pancake wrapped around the bacon. So that was on the um, east side, yeah, right? Yeah, that was a that was a great aid station. It was a great too. aid station. And you got to run into that one, like seeing it, and that, oh, yeah. that guy was yelling. At, like, I, that was I, a went, great one. I I sat down and enjoyed my waffle, and I it was I started to approach that point of like I better get up and go, or I'm gonna sit here for a long time. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm super happy that uh, they had hammer products. Not very many races uh, hammer products. I'm a Hammer guy, the gel and the fizz went perfect with my perpetuum. It worked out great. Yeah, I, I was I was hammering, no <laughs> pun intended, those goos on every aid station. I was because those goos are actually pretty good. Yeah, they really were. And I had a, I had grabbed a couple of those cola tablets for after the race, and was was drinking those and those uh, great products. You know, are they is the are the fizz tablets good? I I was yeah. So you know. For a while, I would do those noon tablets, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't think they sit well. I, the fizziness of them, I'm, I've started to not like. Um, There's a, yeah, I don't these, think they're as fizzy. No, as they're that. not. Uh, they're not? No. Oh. I, I put them in my water at work. You just drop it in there and hmm. then come back and drink it, and it's not like a bubbly drink. Okay, that's how the noon is kind of carbonated. Um, Effervescent. Effervescent, and I have started to not enjoy the effervescence yeah. of the noon product. Yeah, that's not one that uh, it, it's not as like that. And the so the other problem, I, I do the pickles because I know I need the salt, and I took a, a lot of salt pills. Um, it was fairly warm, like it was. It got warm. It was yeah, it was warm yeah. warming up in the afternoon. Um, but as soon as I eat pickles, then it does not do well on my gut. And then I'm burping pickles for, Ugh. you know, from that point on. Yeah. And so I've got to so be terrible. pretty selective on when I go, you know, down the pickle road because <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy it after it happens. Yeah. And so it's a, that's when I know I'm reaching that level of desperation that it's like, okay, my body's feeling like I might cramp. And so then I don't care if I burp pickles, but it's just not an enjoyable way to run. Yeah. <laughs> I can picture somebody come across you on the trail like you're laying up cramping. You're like, why does he smell like pickles? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody have any trouble um, body-wise, blisters, anything like that? No. No, I, I, I didn't. Um, 
I'm getting better at knowing where my areas of blister and chafing and everything are and, and getting that taken care of in the morning. Um, I was just yeah. going to say that we've, we've done enough now to where we are getting uh, much more efficient at taking care of kind of the, the basic things. So I think it allows us to focus a little more on nutrition and pace and stuff like that. It's weird how those other things can really stop you from excelling in the areas that really you need to do better in. Yeah. You to have a good event or a good race or just a good long training run, knowing those areas and, and preventing that before just makes your day 10 times better, <laughs> especially if buying a good quality product that prevents the chafing and knowing you and I get those compression shorts too, even though I like the shorts we run with have the inner liners. I just double up cause I just know that I'm, I need something better than just that liner, but it just makes your day better. Cause what's worse than being on a trail smelling like pickles and then you got <laughs> blisters everywhere, right? Like there's, there's, try to remove as many obstacles as possible. So that always makes me, makes my day a little bit better. Well, all right, what do we got on the docket? What's coming up? The marathon for me, Jared. You're in the marathon yep, too. I'm running the marathon Chief, too. Oklahoma City. Decided to run the marathon this year. You're just going to show up in your Leadville jacket. Well, who's if I run the marathon, who's going to show up in their Leadville jacket? <laughs> That's questions that need to be answered. Which one are you going to wear? Well, I have, I have two. We'll see what the day one. I'll have one pressed and one not. One natural. We'll see which one just feels better in the morning. And I'm going to wear it just because now it's like a thing. I wasn't going to wear it, but now I will. If it's chilly, he's going to double them up. Wear both of it at the same time. I'll wear one backwards. Like, like I'm ready to take it off, but it's just too chilly to actually take it off. Oh, shoot. So no, no marathon for you. And I, have you decided to join the Flower Moon yet? I'm trying to convince. I'm trying to work. We did take a trail pull on the Flower Moon, right? And yep. my nephew's graduating high school which apparently is a big deal and I'm, and I need to be there for it it happens to be the day of fire moon so I'm trying to say uncle Jared or uncle Benjamin because <laughs> if it's uncle Benjamin if it's uncle Jared then uncle Benjamin is going away because there's there's costs associated with gas me having to drive to your graduation so you pick yeah it's a it's an easy decision um for your nephew and for you. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. What Jared would say is a no-brainer. We had a 100% uh, consensus on the trail that that was 100% of a lot of people actually. Send your nephew a card with eight or 10 people in it and not show up. And no obligation of a thank you card. That's, I think, key is say, do not, you don't even have to do a thank you card. Because then, I mean, it's win-win. At that point. I'm going to see you that evening. It's not like I'm going to run away forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a few hours. Yeah. Um, anybody feeling any particular way about the jump to 50 miles? No. I wish I could. I really hope I can run it. I really do. Um, no. It, I need to be. I need to get in more shape. I, I, I ran really, really hard at Lake Murtry and I paid for it. Like yeah. I, I'm still like a little beat up from that run. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There's not yeah. actually that much time before Flower Moon shows no, no. up. No, it it isn't. And, um, it's like a month away. And I the I I thought about this a couple of days ago. The last time I put 50 miles in was in Leadville, and that was a hard 50 miles. I haven't touched 50 miles since. 
And so the jump from 31 to 50 seems quite large right now in my mind. And so I'm, I am looking forward to a bunch of other people being there going through it because, um, I, that, that kind of helps protect me. Um, yeah. Cause you can't go to a 50 miler and just bank on some, on some aid stations. Like you, that's a uh, whole different game plan. Yeah, right? And, and I don't want to be out there going, you know, mile 36, knowing I got 14 more to go mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it's in, it's in my mind pretty good. Beth shared a meme for me. I, I was smiling. She shared this meme. She's like, hey, look at this meme. It says the 50K is the half marathon of the ultra world. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, it's so true. But I love the 50K distance. It's my favorite. My favorite distance. Yeah, because there's a giant. I'm The whole time we're running the 50K, there's a giant jump between 31 and 50 miles. That 19 oh. miles there's a lot going on because at 31, you're not comfortable. You're not no. like, oh, man, I, I really feel great. You don't. To be honest, you don't. And Once you pass 20 miles, I don't I don't really care how like fit you are. Once you pass 20 miles, you're in an area that it's tough. Yeah. You, you know, you're in an area where you're balancing a lot of factors. Your, you know, your, your body, your nutrition, your, like, once you pass 20 miles, you're no longer just out for a run. Um, everything I feel like under 20, once you get, you know, not that 20 is easy, it's not easy at all, um, for me, but once you pass 20, you're, you're just dealing with a lot of stuff. You have to deal with a lot of stuff or it can go really wrong. Yeah, you're not banking on what you ate the previous few days, yeah, right? right yeah. Yeah. You're really into like body management and course management and race management. And there's things because you're about five miles away from just completely blowing up. Sure. You don't. Well, when you think about it, like particularly on a trail, um, even going from marathon distance to 50K distance, you're talking about another hour, right? I mean, yeah. think about how miserable the last hour of the marathon is. No matter you know how trained you are for it, it's still a rough last hour. Well, when you go to 50K, you're at another hour. If you're going to add 20 miles to that on trails, dude, you're talking about a lot more time out there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's no I think joke. that's a great, great way to put that. I, I, uh, that, that really resonates with me. Once you cross that, you know, 20 mile, once you cross that three, four hour threshold, you are managing a lot of things at that moment and you you might not realize how close to a problem you are um uh, well you guys are making me feel a lot better about this 50 miles <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and if you really th- if you think about it this way it's make you feel even better is that 50 miles is you're doubling your time on feet because for example uh i did the 50k in 554 that I ran the Coyote Run in eleven thirty. You that I mean that twenty miles is slower. Yeah. You've doubled. You've literally doubled your race time. You doubled your time on feet. You've doubled your running time. You've doubled, everything's doubled at that point. That extra nineteen miles is basically like the equivalent of running the thirty one because they're going to be inherently slower than your first thirty one miles were. So anything yeah. anybody know anything about that trail um, up there? I know. Mm-hmm. I don't either. I think it's fairly well. Isn't it sort of rattlesnake country? Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. I think they have a. I think it's like a like a the question is preserve at, a since, rattlesnake. Since we've been talking about it at mile thirty five, do you do you step on the thing and take the trip to the hospital to get out of it? <laughs> could it hurt any worse? He won't bite you. You smell like pickles. There's I no way. <laughs> I think it's fair. Like, I say this in context because obviously none of us know. We always say this and it never is. But I think it's fairly flat. It's got to be. It's yeah. more central. Uh, that's, oh, no, it, there's it, no. This is exactly what Chief said before our first ever 50-miler. <laughs> right. You know, there's... Yes. That was really flat if the one loop elevation <laughs> was not... Uh, what was that? Times five for the whole thing? Yeah. So, he, we were told the elevation was a certain number, but we were not told that you do that elevation every time you go around. So, it's actually that times how many loops you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Chief. You're you're no longer allowed to weigh in on how flat or not a course is, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> oh All boy. Right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you guys. But so appreciate everybody tuning in. I want to thank Blake and Christy. They were at the run. Blake's buddies hanging out with us the night before for the race. That was great times. It's if there's anything that's been a benefit of the podcast is me being able to open my window of of friends and acquaintances through running and and everybody just super, super nice, super cool. So, again, thank you all for hanging out with us. And um, you can find me at uh, Savage Navy Chief on Instagram, Jeff Boyer 75 Iron Man Lawyer. You got the 3OK Runners and uh, 3OK Runners at Gmail. If you want to write in, email us. What Any questions, any topics you want us to talk about, don't uh, hesitate to write in. And uh, we'll see if we can get to them. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time.